The Fantasy Focus Football Podcast is presented by GEICO. Whether you rent or own, GEICO makes it easy to bundle home and auto insurance. Go to GEICO.com today. Fantasy, you're in the 06010. We are on to week six. That's right. Week six is upon us. Field Yates and Matthew Berry hanging out with you. We've got plenty of news to get to, including a litany of injuries for the New York Giants. But we haven't quite closed the books on week six. as We will talk about the 49ers thrashing of the Cleveland Browns <laughs> last night. But Matthew, I wanted to give you a chance. I wanted to give you an opportunity to think, to stew, to marinate, to consider and compartmentalize and discover what you really felt when news broke early Monday morning, like real early, that Jay Gruden was out as the Redskins head coach, state of the Matthew Berry Union. How are you feeling this morning? What are you thinking some 30 hours later? You know what? I'm bummed. I'm honestly, I'm bummed. Okay. Right? I think Jay Gruden got a raw deal, to be perfectly honest. Like, I get it. The team's 0-5. I don't think that's on Jay Gruden. I would put that at the feet. Now, has Jay Gruden made some mistakes? 100%, right? And listen, their defense has massively underperformed this year. And that's ultimately on Jay, right? I mean, Jay Jay hired, you know, the defensive coordinator. Like he doesn't have anything to do with the defense really. Like he he calls the plays in in terms of how the division uh, goes on that team, but ultimately that's his call, I guess on some level, you would think. And so, you know, ultimately that's on him. But I mean, you think about you think about Gruden here, who last year, and you're going to think I'm crazy for this, but I actually thought Jay Gruden should have gotten Coach of the Year votes last year. He went maybe votes, yeah. I he, know exactly what you're saying though. He yeah. went seven and nine with four different quarterbacks and over 25 players on injured reserve. He played a game against the Titans late in the season last year. I think it was Week 16 that had playoff impl- implications. He had to start a game against the Tennessee Titans with Josh Johnson, first-round pick of the defunct AAF that was sitting on his couch three weeks earlier. Like, he had to start a game with that guy. And honestly, had it not been for a ticky-tack, baloney pass interference call on fourth down that allowed Blaine Gabbert to keep that drive alive, they would have won that game. And so my point is is that he had them on the cusp of a playoff game, you know, with a with a patchwork team. And so now he comes in and the general manager is, you know, you can, you, whether you just think Trent Williams is right or whether you think the Redskins are right, the fact of the matter is, is you've got one of the best players on your team, one of the best players in the NFL, not reporting. And it's not a contract dispute. I mean, there may be money's at the heart of it, but at the, at the end of it, like Trent Williams doesn't want to play for the Redskins. Bruce Allen sits here and talks about the culture. The culture is a guy doesn't want to play. Guy's one of the highest paid left tackles in the game and doesn't want to collect that check because the culture is so good. And and so you think about that, right? And you think about like, what are you doing? What you're firing Jay Gruden? Why to try to beat Miami? Who cares? We're not going to the playoffs. Like, so what? Let's lose to Miami. Let's tank for Tua. Are you kidding me? Like, let's like, because I promise you, if we have the number one pick, if the Redskins have the number one pick, there'll be people interested in that. That has value. That has a lot of value this year. And and and. I, and if they're sitting here and saying Dwayne Haskins isn't ready, and I don't know, like I was excited when they drafted Dwayne Haskins. I'm not going to sit here and, and dump on Dwayne Haskins. But if they're saying he's not ready, then that is a mistake of scouting. 
That is a, to, to pick somebody in the top 15 picks and say that they don't think he's ready for an NFL game when you sit there and you see Kyler Murray out there doing what he's doing. When you see Gardner Minshew out there doing what he's doing. When you see what Daniel Jones is doing. Like a rookie quarterback drafted in the first round should be reasonably ready. And I don't know if he is or not. I have no idea. But I get Jay Gruden not wanting to put him out there behind a patchwork offensive line with devoid of talent. Like the craziest thing to me, Field, was yesterday's press conference when Bruce Allen said, you know, we have the pieces for winning franchise around here, whatever. I like that part too. Yeah, I mean, like, what pieces? What pieces? Like, explain to me what Case Keenum is a piece? Like, what pieces? Someone explain to me what pieces we have. Like, there's some nice pieces on defense. There's also, I mean, like, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. And and you sit there and you look at the contract situation. They're going to be so over the cap. Like, this is a team that should be good when you think about the money they've spent. But they've had to spend that money because, hey, the only way we could convince Landon Collins to come here is if we massively overpay him. Like, that's how bad the culture is. If you want to play 16 away games, because that's what the Redskins do. They play 16 away games. Like, I like that comment about how people that are Redskins fans sold their tickets to make some money on Sunday. I I don't blame them. It's not a product <laughs> worth watching. It's not a product worth watching. I completely get that. I sit here and talk about the fact that um that how uh you know Bengals fans know that Bengal the Bengals always bone you, and I yeah, apologize the to the franchise of Cincinnati because. No one's been boned more than Redskins fans the last 20 years. No one. Give me a fan base that's been boned more than us. At least the Dolphins have a direction. No, the Browns. At least the Browns have a direction. What direction is that? They got killed last night. I get it. Yeah, they stink. Yes, they stink. But you know what? I would, if I, if I could play fantasy football for a second, I would trade the entire roster of the Browns for the entire roster of the Redskins right now. You know what? I actually I was having this conversation with somebody yesterday, and I'm sorry to throw salt in the woods. Are, we, are you are you are no, you done ahead. or no? It's fine. I'm done. No, I, I, I want to make whatever. sure you're done before I cut you off. No, it's it's. Well, I think here's it's one point. Here, the last thing I will say. This is the last thing I will say. That, and then we can talk about this, right? Bruce Allen's thirty nine percent win percentage since he took over in 2010 is the fifth worst in the NFL over that stretch. All the three other NFC East teams have a winning percentage of over 500. Mm-hmm. He's 39%. Right. They're at 515, the other three combined. He's never won a playoff game. Bruce Allen's only been three times, but he's 0-3 in the playoffs. He's allowed the second most, his teams have allowed the second most yards per play and the third worst scoring defense in the last decade. He's, they stink. So he's awful. And I, 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 and, and, and so everyone always wants to dump on, on Snyder. And I get that. I understand well, it that starts it, with him, right? it the starts with him. Starts with the buck him. ends with him and everything like that. But I honestly think that while if Dan Snyder were sitting here and being honest, he would say there, there are moves that he has made that he regrets. There are things that he has done, which he understands why the public's upset. My guess is I've met him. I've met Dan Snyder once and it was very brief. So I wouldn't say I know the man at all, but I would say that like, I think he, from what I know of people who know him, the guy wants to win desperately and is willing to spend money to win desperately. His problem is, is that he has been bamboozled. He has been swindled. He has been mesmerized by Bruce Allen and people that don't know what they're doing. And that is the problem. That is the problem is that he has trust, he's put his trust in the wrong people. He has put his trust in the wrong people. 
And that includes Bruce Allen. And I'm just, you know, and it's like, and people are like, oh, you know what? Here's the last thing I'll say. Okay. People, people sit here and crap on fantasy football and they're like, oh, oh, fantasy football. You know what it does? It ruins the real game. It ruins the real game because you, you don't, you, you root for the, your fake players. You don't root for a real team. It's not real football. You know what? I would much rather, I would much rather root for a collection of players that I drafted than Bruce Allen did. Let's get to the news with that. Fantasy news from the National Football League. This is the instant replay. That was really well said. I appreciate that. Listen, I I've been a Redskins fan since I was five years old. I have four decades of fandom in this. Like this does not come obviously easy for me to say, and I'm I'm still going to root for them on. But I'm here's the thing: I'm rooting for the Dolphins to win. I want us to lose. Of course you do. I would love the Redskins to go zero and six. So I have very succinct thoughts. Yes, sir. First of all, um, I was having this conversation yesterday. I think they're 32 of 32 in terms of franchises uh, and direction and overall competence right now. 100%. There are two things that fans crave in sports. Trust or hope. Yes. Right? So last year, Patriots go 2-2. Two and two. There's trust out of the gates. Hey, it's the Patriots. They get things right. Right? They win the Super Bowl. Or you want to have hope. Hey, we're 0-4 right now, Miami Dolphins, but at least we we are hopeful that the Steelers keep losing, we get the first overall pick in the draft, the Texans stumble, we have all three of their picks, the first-round picks. You want to have trust? You want to have hope. It's clear nobody outside of the organization trusts the front office right now, specifically Bruce Allen, and where's the hope? And I'm, I'm sorry to throw salt in the wounds, but that, to me, is sort of the succinct no way of describing it. There's no... that That is a... That is so true, and I was thinking about this on the way. What what's the what's the I, which the um which one is the Batman? Which Batman movie is this that where um where it's Kane is the bad guy? Um, it's a this is more it, this is more your wheelhouse than mine. I know, I know. Lie. It's the it's oh god, Batman I, Begins, not Bat- Batman Begins, but whatever. But whatever, one of the Batmans, right? They're in the cave, you know, and he's just like he, they were born of the cave, and like you know, just he just talks about the fact that how. Um, how, you know, hope is like, you know, Dark Knight Rises. Thank you, Jackson. You get on the phone, you're like, you get on the microphone there. There's Jackson. <laughs> Secret Squirrel's not in today. So we've got Jackson. He's backup squirrel. So it's the Dark Knight Rises, right? Dark Knight Rises. Bane breaks his back, gives the whole speech about hope, darkness, molded by it, born by it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give the, go ahead. Say, give the exact quote. Cause I know I don't have it exactly. So he says that Batman, you know, was simply adopted the darkness. Bane was born inside it, molded by it and created by it. That's right. Well That's done, right. Jackson. And that, no, well done. Erased. And when they're in the when they're in the cave, like he was talking about, like the, he puts Batman in the cave or whatever it is, the the big hole. And there's something about hope, like that, because you can actually, like, you can sort of climb your way out, but it's it's impossible. It's almost impossible. It's like a tease. It's like you can see the way out, but you can't quite all the way get there because you can't make that last jump because he keeps trying to make that jump right in that cave. And you know, everybody's. But there's a great rises. quote that he that Kane has about about okay, hope. We don't have the quote. So, anyways, right. we'll either figure else. that they, quote out Kyle, or we'll, we'll just up. leave it for but, another day. But anyway, but here's what I'm. But the whole point is, the whole point is, is that that I would argue. That 31 franchises in the NFL have some form of hope. And I, I get it. It was tough for Cleveland Browns fans last night. I sure, get that. But, but you sit there and you like, we have Odell Beckham Jr. We have Baker Mayfield. We have Miles Garrett. We have, we have some pieces there and they haven't all come together, but it's too soon to throw in the towel on Baker Mayfield. It's too soon to throw in the towel. Like there's some hope. They could win the freaking division this they year. They could it's still so win bad. the freaking division. Yes. Okay, so let's get to the news. There's Matthew. no hope. Is there a franchise that has less hope than the Redskins? I said they're 32 of 32. Let's get to the At news. At least the here. Dolphins have a direction. 
At least they have draft picks next year. They have hope in a direction. They have hope. They have direction. Um, it's going down in order to get back up. Let's begin with some news, and then we'll recap the game. But let's begin with the Giants, who have all sorts of injuries right now, Matthew. Jordan Ronan reported this morning they are unlikely to have Saquon Barkley on Thursday night against the Patriots. He's also reported that Sterling Shepard could miss quite some time because of a second concussion. Adam Schefter reported about 60 seconds before he went on the air that Evan Ingram has a real chance to miss the game on Thursday. I'm not sure if they're... Oh, Wayne Gallman, by the way. Yeah. He's unlikely to play on Thursday because he is in the concussion protocol. And yet that team still has more hope than the Washington Redskins. You know what? They kind of do. So, in any <laughs> Danny event, Dimes, baby. Golden Tate. Yeah. How many targets can Golden Tate get? That's the question. So my, I guess the, so, the question right. would be on Waiver Wire Tuesday, whether yes, there's sir. anybody that stands to reason as a pickup. Now, we can talk about non-Giants options later on in the show. Sure, but is sure. there anybody on this offense, anybody whatsoever that you would trust in any way, shape, or form against the Patriots on Thursday night. Trust is a strong word. I know, but 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 in terms of on way, am I putting in a claim for Darius Slayton? I think I am. Okay, so Darius Darius Slayton, six foot one rookie out of Auburn, right? They like this kid fly. a lot. He can exactly at least. Um, you know, Slayton at least at least five targets in two or three games so far this year. Yep. Sixteen point four air yards per target so far. Like th- it's all small sample size here, but it's all we're dealing with, right? You sure. know, you're, you know, a third string rookie who's you know um, uh, in short of a season. But listen, uh, he's had nine catches this year. Three of them have gone for over twenty yards. Like there is big play there with Darius Slayton. They like him a lot. He's available in ninety nine percent of ESPN leagues. And so, look, maybe there's some junk time against the Patriots. You don't love it on a short week against the best defense in the NFL, but. After that gets Arizona, right. and the the expectation is, and it's always tough. And if if Stefania were here, she would. Don't tell Stefania I said this, okay? Everyone mums the word, right? Well, I'll keep this, but no one says a word. All right, yeah. good. Because the truth is, as Stefania always says, and I want her to know that I listened to her. But the truth is, Stefania always says concussions are nonlinear injuries, right? right? And we yeah, just I've heard we, that we right, and we just don't know, uh, you know, um, to the extent of of how bad this is, obviously. But the expectation is is that this is his second concussion so far this year, and this feels like a multi-week absence for Sterling Shepard. Yeah, I feel the same on that. So with each of these players, the only one that I think we feel like at this time is unlikely to play in Week 7, which is a whole week ahead, is Sterling Shepard. It sounds right. like Saquon has a chance to return in Week 7. Right. And we have zero scope of the injury on Evan Ingram other than he's got you know a real chance to miss on Thursday night. So perhaps and, and look, could you see? I mean, like if you're truly desperate, could you see Rhett Allison get some? Yeah, but I would rather so, I, I would rather well, yeah. go to the I would rather try to the Gerald Everett's. We have some tight ends. Coming what I up. was going to say is that like it's Thursday night football. It's supposed to be pouring rain on Thursday night against the best defense in the NFL. Yeah. Fade your Giants this week. Yeah. Don't but but I agree with you, Darius Slayton, who did make the waiver wire com, will be a name that I would pick up for the prospect of Sterling Shepard missing some time. And him becoming the number two wide receiver in an offense that gets Arizona, then Detroit, then Dallas. At least for the Arizona game, you feel pretty good yeah, about and, that. And Although while Detroit and Dallas are, are better than average back. defenses, they're not defenses that you feel like, oh, don't bench, don't start anyone. By the way, last three weeks, Sterling Shepard's had a twenty-eight percent target share. Yeah, so there's yeah. a and obviously the Golden, Tate, Golden Tate's now coming back. But listen, if we don't know how serious this Ingram injury is, but like if Ingram's out for a while as well, like. Like Daniel, you could argue that Daniel Jones has more of a connection with Darius Slayton than he does with Golden Tate at the moment. 
It's only one game, but yeah, I think I mean, that's but, yeah, right. You but, could argue it. Sure. Yeah, yeah, you could make the argument. Uh, David Johnson is now ailing because of a back issue. Again, we don't know a whole lot about it right now, Matthew. Uh, but along those lines, so um, I did see that their official website said something along the lines of like, you know, don't dismiss this. Don't just like overlook the fact that David Johnson is banged up right now. So um, I should have added this player. Maybe Keith can add him for me to the waiver wire column uh, as we are sitting here on the podcast. Chase Edmonds yeah. will be the next man up. Chase Edmonds, formerly of Fordham fame, fourth round pick, I believe, in 2018. He would seemingly be the guy that handles the primary duties if David Johnson misses time. So he's been very impressive in the limited time that he's gotten so far this year. 19 well for 127. Yeah. He's averaging over six point. I think he's averaging 6.7 yards per carry so far this season. Yeah. Uh, you know, score as to your point, scored against the Bengals on Sunday, has looked good. And the starting running back in this particular offense is, you know, somebody that's inherits a really nice role. David Johnson, so far this season, sixth among running backs in terms of catches. He's fourth in targets. Yep. And, and so Edmonds is also a nice pass catcher as well. I think Edmonds, look, Edmonds should be picked up just on the prospect of the fact that he might be the starting. We just don't know. We don't know. Yep. We just, we don't know as if we saying like, could this back injury, could he play on Sunday? Could it be a one week thing? We just don't know. But I think what, what Edmonds does here, here's what I would say. And we talked about this on the fantasy show on ESPN Plus as well. That's coming out a little bit later today. I'm a company man. There you go, Jackson. Nice Jackson, job. Filling in strong. There you go. Well done. Do we need Daniel back? He's, I don't know. He's a little bit late identifying pressure, like Baker Mayfield right there. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Um, so anyway, we need some sort of animal nickname for Jackson, too, by the way. Secret, we have Secret Squirrel. What would be like the opposite of Secret? Not Secret. Right. What's the opposite Obvi- of Obvious Otter? Obvious honor. I kind of like that. Yeah. I'm definitely very out in the open. You know? Yes. There you go. There you go. Jackson, the obvious honor. I Jackson, like it. Jackson, the obvious honor. Yeah. There you go. Double O. Double O. Uh, all right. So, uh, double OJ instead of double O seven, double OJ. Yeah. See, Jackson. I like that too. Did there. Yeah. yeah. Well done. Oh, uh, thanks. All right. So, um, so yes, like Chase Edmonds should be the number one waiver priority if you have David Johnson and you don't already have him on your roster. I think he's also somebody, especially given how ugly running back is this week. Is um, and we'll get to that in a second. I see somebody else to consider, but I just think in general, like if you don't really have a huge running back need this week, right? You know, like you're like you don't have uh, any injuries or buys or anything like that in a in a massive way. If you can, I would spend the week grabbing my handcuff. I am pro handcuff. I know there's a lot of people that are not. I am, but especially because especially you've seen like think about like you lost Saquon Barkley and then you had to scramble to get Wayne Gallman this week. If you have David Johnson, you're going to have to scramble to get Chase Edmonds. You've got a better shot because it's not official that Johnson's going to miss the game. But like there's a couple guys that we talked about, right? So if I had Leonard Fournette, it's uh Reichwell Armstead. Yes, that's right. Reichwell Armstead that I would want. Um, if I had, um, I'm, I'm trying to think of some other well, Alexander Madison for the Vikings, Tony Pollard for the, for the Cowboys, for the, for the Cowboys. some of the more notable ones. Let me just chime in here. Latavius and say, Murray, who's been dropped a lot, like yeah, by an Alvin Kamara, reasonable one, right? So two things. Um, I'm going to speak out of both sides of my mouth because the pro handcuff argument is that there are players you've seen some level of a sample size with, right? So sure. if you have Dalvin Cook or Zeke Elliott, you should have both of those players backups. There are other players where we have seen that, like, if they were not playing it would be a running back by committee behind them, so it's not as obvious that you need to go and grab that player. The other part is that we're about to get into the thick of bye weeks. For each of the next seven weeks, I believe it is, we have at least four teams on a bye. 
One week we have six teams on a buy, another week we have two teams on a buy. So it's a little bit more difficult to add a handcuff just because of the of the premium on roster spots on those buys. That being said, I understand your line of thinking. There, we'll talk about this in a second on the waiver wire column. It's a bad week for waiver ads, so not a bad week to like if you have a if you, if you're cushy with your roster right now and you can afford to use a spot on somebody, go ahead and add that handcuff running back. Right, but I think there are probably out there and like Daryl Williams. If I had either the Kansas City running backs, I would want yeah. him. Um, but I think there are. I guess for me, it would be a, a, a scenario where you know that if you. If your starter was injured or missed the game for whatever reason, you think this missed a team photo or whatever, right? right. Yeah. Um, for whatever reason, your player misses the game. That this particular player would a immediately get the majority of work and b be productive in that offense. So like Reggie Bonifant, right? Who you know was impressive last week, and I know that he's been the guy. I think he's the guy on their roster that is most similar to Chris McCaffrey. I think if McCaffrey were to miss a game, he would be the guy. Right. Yeah. Um, I, and, I don't like to think about that possibly. I understand. No one does. But uh, Malcolm Brown for Todd Gurley, right? I mean, <laughs> we get it. Yes, we get it. So the point is, this is a good week to consider adding your handcuff yeah. running back if you have the right player as the lead back and already as you on go, your And roster. as you go through the season in terms of in terms of the bye weeks, I think you have to play a little like always you really, be thinking ahead. Always be thinking ahead. Do you always do you need two defenses as well? And I, one thing that I'll do sometimes is that like if your main running back is on a bye week, that's the week where you can usually waive your handcuff. And probably get him back the next week because no one's getting injured in the bye week, and chances are and the, no one's picking no up. No one's picking up the handcuff, right? Agreed. After a, yeah, so all right, let's move there's forward. Little here. tricks you can play. Let's move forward here with one more piece of news from Mort last night that Zay Jones had been traded from the Bills to the Raiders. The writing was perhaps on the wall when Jones limited to just one snap in Buffalo on Sunday. Instead, it was Duke. Um, I was going to say Duke Johnson. But it's not Duke Johnson. It's Duke Williams who yes, played a is. prominent role for the Bills in that win over the Titans on Sunday. Zay Jones goes to Oakland, Matthew. Is there a potential role here for Zay, former second-round pick? I, there certainly is. I mean, okay. we, so Tyrell Williams is banged up. Like, yeah. Look, that look, one's got me a little bit nervous. Yeah, I mean, right? And so, and by the way, they don't have a, like, they've got Hunter Renfro yep. and um, Trevor Davis. Trevor Davis, for, who they yep. got from the Packers. Who, By the way, Trevor Davis is sort of interesting to me in a sort very of. deep league sort of way. Yeah. Like, like, tons of speed. They clearly like him. They've, they've tried a different ways to get him the ball. Yep. Um, so, but Zay Jones, who I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong on this, but I want to say that Zay Jones, at the time that he came out of college, had the most receptions in FBS he, history. I believe he set the single season FBS catch record it was? during his final year at Eastern Carolina, East Carolina. Excuse that's, me. Okay, that's what it yep. was. I knew I knew there was something like that, so I apologize there. But Zay Jones, who was a second round pick for the Bills and came out with a decent amount of fanfare, hasn't really found his way in Buffalo. He's had some moments. Yeah. He's actually had some moments, and there's been some, you know, off the field weird stuff too. But uh, like, I think a fresh start in Oakland, which is um, listen. After Antonio Brown, everyone's normal in Oakland. Like, right. I mean, they're just like, that's nothing. Sure, <laughs> like, sure. Whatever. Um, so, uh, yes, I do think there's something sort of interesting here with Zay Jones in an offense that's going to throw more than you think. Um, give him some time to pick up, but certainly in a deeper league, he's an interesting ad, as is Duke Williams, who is one of the guys that made Zay Jones expendable for Buffalo. So Duke Williams, 6'2", 216, also out of Auburn, played in the CFL for a little bit. Great so, story, yeah. I mean, it's a great really story great for story. him. Yep. But four for twenty nine, the touchdown last week. He ran a route on seventy five percent 
of dropbacks for Josh Allen last week. Right. So, yeah. I mean, and I just know that Buffalo likes him, right? And so, um, anyway, yeah, I just think, listen, I mean. Not, they, I'm not there uh, yet. They, I mean, listen, John Brown and Cole Beasley and Cole clearly Beasley. ahead of him. Third yeah. passing option in a Bills offense. Not super exciting to me, but I think it's an interesting name to keep an eye on because he's talented and he has come a long way. Um, and has certainly earned everything that's been yeah, given to him is, by the this Bills. This is, again, he, Duke Williams is more of a name for, like, our 16-team league sure, than, yeah. like, Duke Williams should be picked up in the War Room League this week. This week. We'll see if he actually is. I but like my it. point is, is, like, in a 10-team league, 12-team league, he's just a name you should keep an eye on. We're going to talk about the Browns just and the 49ers radar. in a second. But first, a word from ZipRecruiter via our friend Matthew Berry. Hiring can be a slow process. Is that right? Right. Like, you know who should have ZipRecruiter? Who's slow? The uh, Washington Redskins. Hey, oh! The, the, well, the, I will pay for it, Dan Snyder. If you're listening, I will pay really? what a to put the ad on ZipRecruiter. Okay, I will. I will pay to put the ad for a new general manager and vice president of football operations on ZipRecruiter. We'll see if we can find there somebody you have it. for Andy the Redskins. Up. But listen, because hiring can be a slow process. Yeah, I hear that. Like, for example, Cafe Altura's COO Dylan Miskowitz yeah, like needed Dylan. to hire a director of coffee for his organic coffee company. But he was having trouble finding qualified applicants. How do you find a director of coffee? Like, I, I, I mean, am, like I am without ideas. I, I have none. applied for many director of soda uh, positions, but I am not a coffee guy. So, so Dylan was having trouble finding qualified applicants. So he switched to ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you; it finds them for you. Mm-hmm. Its technology identifies people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job, so you get qualified candidates fast. Dylan posted his job on ZipRecruiter and said he was impressed by how quickly he had great candidates apply. He also used ZipRecruiter's candidate rating feature to filter his applicants so he could focus on the most relevant ones. But that's how Dylan found his new director of coffee in just a few days. With results like that, it's no wonder. Four out of five employees who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. See why ZipRecruiter is effective for businesses of all sizes. Try ZipRecruiter for free at our web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash 06010. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash 06010. Again, ZipRecruiter.com slash 06010. It's ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. A recap. Well done right there by the Otter. Monday Night Football recap begins. It's okay. Dan- Daniel threw, like, I'm just, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna say it out loud. I'm just gonna show you what Daniel put in the, uh, uh, put in the, uh, put in the ad read right there. Cause, cause he was, <laughs> I mean, just like, so Daniel put something naughty in the ad read. The copy I, of it. In yeah. the copy of it, thinking that I would like Ron Burgundy it and not read it. And he thinks that I would read it. And so, anyway, nice try, Daniel. Time now. But to I recap. have more respect for our good friends at Zip Recruiter. Time now to recap Monday Night Football. The 49ers absolutely waxed the Browns 31 to 3, a forgettable night for Cleveland last night. Not cool, Keith. Your thoughts. <laughs> I just did a, I did a 20 minute rant to start the show. So sure. I, I feel like it's only fair. Your thoughts on last night's performance by your Cleveland Browns. I'll tell you what, I'll put it this way. Um, there was one of my favorite retorts by a coach in, in NFL history is back in the 70s from John McKay, mm-hmm. uh, the Bucks coach, and they asked about, how do you feel about your team's execution? He says, I'm all for it. 
Yes. I'm in favor of it. I'm <laughs> oh, in favor of it. Man, yes. That is good right one of the, there. One of the all-time great quotes. That is from, uh, Yeah. Back when the Buccaneers were like 0-16, right? The, is that Rich's father, John McKay? Yes. Yeah. How about yes, that? it is. Uh, Baker Mayfield last night, 8 for 22, 100 yards, two interceptions, and a fumble loss, minus two fantasy points. Matthew, uh, a couple weeks ago, we said, maybe he's back, maybe. But you, and I, we said, you and I, Field and I, we, we're in a dynasty league, all of us, and Field and I played each other in the dynasty league, and it was a little bit of a pillow fight. You had a, you had a little bit of a lead going into last night. You yeah. had Odell Beckham Jr., I had Baker Mayfield, and you won handily, yeah, thanks to my minus say, two from my Beckham. My team looked like it was going to be, for a while it was close, and then I pulled away. Yes, you did. Uh, Baker Mayfield had a terrible, terrible night. Minus two fantasy points. Matthew, I don't want to continue to have the same conversation that we've had about four times already about Baker Mayfield. Just, it's a fact. It's not, this is not a debate anymore. You can't trust Baker Mayfield with confidence. There are going to be weeks where he's fine. Fact. But there are also going to be weeks last night where okay. he completely implodes. We are past the point of debating, is he a set it and forget it starter? Not even close. Not he's, even close. He's, he's not rosterable. Right. Like, as we sit here on Waiver Tuesday, like, if he's still on your roster, you need to drop him. Here's his upcoming schedule. So he's home to Seattle next week. Maybe it's okay. Like, I mean, that offense we'll has been yeah. good. There, there could be some junk time there. Um, then he's a, he has a bye in week seven. Can't play him then. No. At New England in week eight. But bye Ain't doing that. At Denver in week nine. Don't love don't that. Don't love it. I mean, I don't... I don't no, yeah. Nothing that you've seen so far this season would give you confidence starting him at right. Denver in week nine. Week 10, he's home to Buffalo. No thanks nope. there. Week 11, home to Pittsburgh. Okay, maybe. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Week 12, they get Miami at home. There you go. That's the first week where Great. you feel really good about starting Baker Mayfield is week 12 so, at home against Miami. Then you think about the rest of the schedule. By the way, the rest know, of the schedule. Let's, we, we've been talking about it. We've, had, we've said this right. many times. With I have two Baker Mayfield stats that I have to get out there. Okay. Have at it. Okay. So here's the entire list of players in the last decade that have thrown an interception without throwing multiple touchdown passes in each of their team's first five starts. Okay. So Baker Mayfield in 2019, Geno Smith in 2014. That's the list. Nice. Well done. That is, that's Thirsty Kyle. That's so, Thirsty Kyle. Nice job wow. there. Thirsty Kyle found another one too. Patrick Mahomes, Gardner Minshew, Kyler Murray. We talked about this yesterday. They're the list of quarterbacks that have at least 16 fantasy points in every game this season. Here's a list of quarterbacks with at least 20 pass attempts in all five weeks that have yet to record a 16-point fantasy game this year. Baker Mayfield and Derek Carr. That's the list. That's the entire list. Yeah, That's what we're brutal. talking about here. We're talking about Baker Mayfield in the same sense that we're talking about Derek Carr and Geno Smith in 2014. Yeah, it's been terrible, Matthew. We've talked about this many times over. We don't need to continue to have the same conversation. And I love Baker Mayfield. He's my dynasty do. league quarterback. Right. Like, that, that seems like a poor pick at the moment. Well, you know, I think he's going to be fine. Ultimately, I think he will be fine for it his NFL career. career. For his NFL career. I think he is a talented quarterback. I think he's been miscoached. And, um, yeah, I'm, I, I think the jury is still out on Freddie Kitchens here. But, um, because uh, they look completely unprepared. The trickle-down effect for Baker's poor play is that it impacts his pass catchers. I'm actually fine with what Jarvis Landry did last night. Four for 75 on six targets is fine. It's not amazing, but we have reset our expectations. It's fine, Matthew. Yeah. But Odell Beckham Jr. is the player that has drawn legitimate concern from. You and I are having a conversation quickly before the show. Someone asked you, I believe. Someone tweeted at me, am I turning down Beckham for Godwin? And I'm like... Absolutely not. So I would you, much rather have Godwin than OBJ. Yeah, much rather is a little bit stronger, but yes, I would rather have Chris Godwin than OBJ. We're five weeks into the season. It's not even close to a debate. But that is how this has impacted Odell Beckham Jr. before the season. You know, we talked about the possibility of Odell being a... No, 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 no. Don't, don't do this thing you do where you say, bad call by me. 
You simply said in your bold predictions piece, there was at least a possibility. It was within that, the realm of possibilities. Right. And you know what, Matthew? That's why it goes into the bold predictions That's piece. Right. Because it's not something you are forecasting yourself. You are saying this is true. maybe, possibly, hypothetically. You know what else could happen? for the rest? Of, Eli Manning could be the number one quarterback for us. Yeah, it's possible. Uh, yeah, it's within not the realm of likely, possibility. It's right? not likely. But. I, I was very high. I will say this. I was very high on Matthew, Baker Mayfield. Everybody was. Yes. Everybody was high on Baker Mayfield. This is not a you screwed things up. No, I, I was high on him. Jackson had him on his ranks. I don't even know if they exist. Like. That's that's not the point of the analysis. Yeah. The analysis obviousotter.com. Right. Obviousotter.com had the most comprehensive ranked tool yeah. um and and really preseason packet you'll ever see. Yeah. 100%. Anyways, I think the question is just this, Matthew, is that we're now far enough into the season where we talked about someone like Stefan Diggs recently where it's like relegate him to the bench. If you are debating between him and somebody else in your flex consideration, pick somebody else in a lot of weeks. But with Odell you have to keep starting. Right. Just keep writing it out. And, I know and, that sounds like ridiculously obvious, but, you know, that's how fantasy football is. It's an emotional game. And I'm not, quote, selling low on Odell Beckham Jr. Never. Because the potential of what Odell Beckham Jr. could be that we've seen him do with bad quarterback play. Sure. By the way, that Maybe we've seen him produce with bad, with bad quarterback play is, um, you know, that upside is much greater than whatever you'll get in return for a trade right now. So unfortunately, as tough as it is, and listen, I have a lot of Odell Beckham Jr. this year. Like, you just have to sort of ride it out. It is what it is. If there's one thing to hang your hat on, um, and there's not much, but it's that, look, he's gotten 13 targets the last two weeks. Like, he's, they, you know, they, they let him throw a pass. They let him, they, you know, they, they put him on a reverse. Like, they found different ways to try to get him the ball and get him going. So, I mean, like, there's at least... There's opportunity, and like if he continues to get, you know, seven targets a game, I think ultimately his talent's going to win out. We both agree he remains one of the most talented wide receivers in the NFL. So going into previous seasons when you had Tevin Coleman and Devontae Freeman both healthy in Atlanta, they were perhaps the number one backfield where you said, like, both of these players can be used in fantasy every single week. In terms of backfields that come to mind, Along those lines, this year we have like consistently, we have let's see, Sony Michelle and James White are often two Patriots running backs that crack the top, that crack the top twenty-five. We may have another one right now. Matt Breida and Tevin Coleman may yeah. be the backfield that has a chance to be the most usable. With that includes both of them week to week. Coleman returned last night. He ran well, sixteen for ninety-seven plus a touchdown, and then Matt Breida was ridiculous, including an eighty-three-yard touchdown. Last night on the very first play from scrimmage for the 49ers, he was clocked or timed or recorded at the fastest speed of any ball carrier this season, according to the next-gen stats, 22.3 miles per hour. He can fly. They run the crap out of the football. That is what's going to be their MO on offense. Big, hulking offensive line. That team is legit when it comes to running the football. Both of these guys can be started week to week now, it feels like. 100%. Since the beginning of last year, Matt Breed has played in 18 games. He's averaging 5.63 yards per carry in that time. Yeah, look, and the fact of the matter is, is that, look, week five, they, Matt Breed played 25 snaps. Tevin Coleman played 24. Like, it's a true running back by committee, but given how run heavy this offense is and how run successful this offense is. I mean, they're so successful running the ball. I mean, uh, Matt Breida was on my love list coming into the week, and this was why. We didn't know what we'd get out of Tevin Coleman. Tevin Coleman looked like Tevin Coleman. He looked pretty solid it last looked pretty night. pretty good. Yeah. 16 for 97, a touchdown, over 15 fantasy points uh, 
for them, the 49ers are running the ball at 54% of the time, 54.5% of the time. That's the most run-heavy offense in the NFL since the 2009 Jets. Very impressive. Who ran at 56.7% of the time. This is Tevin Coleman's eighth career game with 16 or more carries. Now, listen, game flow helped. They were up big, and they were up big early. But this Kyle Shanahan has been very clear about what he wants to do with this offense. He wants to run the ball, set up some play action for George Kittle and the rest of the pass catchers. But ultimately, it's going to be Tevin Coleman. It's going to be Matt Breida. And as long as both guys are healthy, which has been an issue for both guys in their career, as long as both guys are healthy, those are the two guys you're starting. And they're both, especially given the state of the running back position, they're both very viable RB2s going forward. You just mentioned George Kittle in this week's TD Ameritrade. Before we get there, real quickly, before we get there. I just want to give a quick shout-out. Can I give a quick shout-out here? I just want to give a quick shout-out sure. to my friends at Numberball. So, like, listen, I'm in business with them. Like, they're part of Rotopass Daily. But they were very much, in terms of for people that were playing DFS last night and one game slate, they were like, start Matt Breida and Tevin Coleman. They were like, you know, like a lot of people, they're like, we think everyone's going to be on Nick Chubb. Start Matt Breida and Tevin Coleman. And so, obviously, that worked out if you played DFS last night and you follow those two. So, just, uh, anyway, just a shout out to, uh, my friends over there. Happy to have them as part of rotopassdaily.com. Good stuff there. Uh, George Kittle is our, this week's fantasy trends brought to you by TD Ameritrade. Not much to overthink here with Kittle. He had six for 70 with a touchdown. He also had 18 rushing yards. That was cool to see. So nearly 21 fantasy points for George Kittle. Believe last night was his first touchdown of the season. You cannot hold him down for too long. He has, of course, had touchdowns overcalled earlier on in the year. He's got over 50 receiving yards in every game this season. I believe that makes him the only tight end to do so after I think. Or did Kelsey get it on Sunday night? Kelsey may have gotten it. So maybe Travis Kelsey and George Kittle. But it's a short list. Six catches in three of his four games. George Kittle is the man. One of my favorite players in the NFL. The dude after the game. Like, he just got, what is it about tight ends that make them fun and affable? I don't know. But isn't it true? I'm not a tight end. You're not a tight end? I'm also not fun or affable. Okay. So that's, I have no insight into that particular answer. But it does seem like that. It does seem like, you know, like. Gronk and Kelsey and Kittle. Like, there's some dynamic players. Right. Ertz is fun. Yeah. I mean, you know, like, sure, Ertz sure. has a fun personality. So, uh, you know, and, um, uh, you know, and, and Jordan Reed. Um, poor Jordan Reed. I know. I know. <laughs> uh, we're going to be right back. He's going to be super fun as soon as he gets to escape the Redskins. We're, we're going to be back in a minute. Yes. Sir. Um, but first, and at that point, we're going to talk about the waiver wire column, but a quick break. And I believe a video to roll from our good friends over at the fantasy show. Probably. Sweet. The Fantasy Show video coming up right now. He's field as dangerous as this might sound, I am going to hand over hosting duties to my friend, Matthew Berry. Welcome to the Matthew Berry Show, starring me, Matthew Berry, it's a me, featuring I'm Matthew me, Barry. Matthew Berry. Hey, what's going on? It's me, and I welcome in my guest, not Matthew Berry. All right, here we go. <laughs> Well done. Thank you very much. That's pretty Appreciate good. You've been that. practicing that. Yeah, there you go. All right, cool. All right, so hey, listen, Field Yates, you are the author of Free Agent Finds, yes. available now on ESPN.com and, of course, the ESPN Fantasy app. I'm a company man, Jackson. Uh, and so let me start by saying something. Yes, sir. I think it's the worst week. I said this on the show yesterday. I think right. it's the worst week for waiver wire ads I can ever recall memory. Now, we got a little bit of life breathed into us with some late additions. I think that Chase Edmonds could potentially be a valuable pickup. Darius Slayton could potentially be a valuable pickup if the Sterling Shepard injury is, in fact, multi-week. But it's bad. So it's really bad. So I'm not going to be trite so, with these, but just like if I'm not 
if you're not getting the typical enthusiasm, it's for a reason. Right. And so, and the other point is, is that, you know, different players play in different kinds of leagues in terms of like, so some leagues, it waivers resets. Like ESPN Standard, I believe it resets, right. it resets. every every week, standings, reverse order. But there are some leagues in which it is like, you have your number one waiver pick and you have it until you use it. And if once you use it, bye-bye. Right, exactly. And so we're saying like, Listen, if I had David Johnson, I would use it on Chase Edmonds. But if not, this is then maybe not this is not the be... week where you're you're using your number one waiver pick, or if you're in a if you do a free agent uh fab budget, if you do a free agent bidding process, blind bidding process, maybe go conservative this week. Having said that, there are some pay, uh there are some players out there, including if you're sitting there with Aaron Rodgers or Baker, Baker Mayfield or other disappointing players at quarterback, there's somebody available that's not only good to play. It's fun to play. That's right. Gardner Minshew, Minshew Mania. We discussed him on the show for quite a bit of length yesterday, but his upcoming schedules, New Orleans, at Cincinnati, the Jets, and then Houston. That game is in London. The consistency, Matthew alluded to earlier on in the show. He's got at least 16 points in every game this season, including the one that he did not even start in Week 1. He, Kyler Murray, and Patrick Mahomes are the only three quarterbacks they can say that. We'll see if Nick Foles returns in Week 11, but up until that point, there's some potential to start Oh, Gardner Nick Minshew. Foles will return in Week 11 to hold the clipboard uh, our bet for Gardner will, Minshew. Our bet, we, we have yeah, a bet. We'll you see. and I have a we bet. We'll see. So, and just by the way, we should start off. I've done a poor job hosting here, Field Yates, already, because we should start off by saying, in case you haven't really looked at the Week 6 schedule yet, the Bills, the Bears... The Colts and the Raiders are all on a bye this week. So if you're looking maybe to replace Josh Allen maybe. or Jacoby Brissett, right, probably maybe. not. So in most leagues, I think one of those two might be starting. Not not likely to have two of those players starting unless it's a 16 team. I would agree, but I, you know, I don't feel. Listen, I don't feel great about Carson Wentz against Minnesota this week. I don't I feel great it. about Aaron Rodgers. You certainly don't feel good about Baker Mayfield. So some of the guys that you might have drafted as starters, you know, as standalone starters, you may be looking elsewhere. So that would be now. I feel like every single year, this guy is on the waiver wire. We We're always talk about him. Yes. We really should, but there's been uh, there's been somebody taking flight in Atlanta. Well done hey, right hey, there. Hey, Matthew, Mohamed Sanu, once again, I really do believe he has been as mentioned as any other player during my four years of writing this waiver wire column because he's always good enough to make the radar, be on the radar for Adam, sure. but never so dominant that people were just you know flocking to the waiver wire to grab him. Mohamed Sanu, though, in four out of five games this season, has at least 10 fantasy points in PPR scoring. Yep. He leads Atlanta wide receivers in catches this year with 29. It puts him on pace for over 90 catches this season. He has caught 80.6% of his targets, so you know he is reliable. Oh, by the way, Matt Ryan is the only quarterback with over 300 passing yards in every game. Their defense is abominable. They have the second-worst scoring yep. defense in the NFL. I believe only the Dolphins... They're even better on defense than your woeful, pathetic Redskins. Wow. Yes. That is saying something Which means they're going to throw it a ton. Muhammad Sanu would be a waiver wire ad of note. Yeah, look, there's a nice floor with Sanu. He's one of only two, 12 wide receivers in the NFL with at least four catches every single week so far this season, all five weeks here. And then you think about their upcoming schedule, Cardinals, Rams, and Seahawks, like three good defenses you can throw against there. Let's talk the state, the wide receiver position, and there's a rookie in Pittsburgh you like. Yeah, Deontay Johnson, we've talked about him. We have a board bet surrounding him and James Washington, third-round pick this year out of Toledo, available in nearly 80% of leagues. He's the only player with six or more targets in all three games that Ben Roethlisberger has missed 
due to that injury. He's got a team-high 20 targets in those games and two touchdowns in those three games. So, again, serious question marks about the passing game. Even the Devlin Hodges is likely started this week, facing a talented, although inconsistent, Chargers defense um, on Sunday, then the bye. But Miami and Indianapolis after that, a couple of defenses. Certainly Miami's that you feel really good about. So Deontay Johnson, a nice add and stash on your roster. Uh, let's uh, let's stay again at the wide receiver position where there does seem Here's to where be it gets some ugly. depth. Yeah, well, yeah. All right, but gets ugly. Listen, here, right? This like let's go to Cincinnati where this guy scored a touchdown last week. He did. Auden Tate scored a touchdown. He played 100 percent of the snaps. He had nine targets. He's got six or more targets in three straight games. Yes, he has dropped the pass in all three of those games. Let's see if he can tighten that up. A big physical player, and AJ Green's already been out, been ruled out for Week Six. So uh, this does not seem to be a role that's going to fade anytime soon here for Auden Tate, uh, a player that you know Cincinnati loves to draft and develop, and he could perhaps be their next project there on the development side. Bengals third in the NFL in pass percentage. They're so bad; they throw in a lot. Yeah. They're throwing a lot, and it's a narrow target tree. There in Cincinnati. All right, if I need a tight end field, who's out there? Yeah, finally, Chris Herndon has a chance to return. He missed uh, four games because of a suspension. And because the Jets did an early bye, he missed week five, which was the fourth team game for New York. Sam Darnold has not yet been cleared to play, but it seems like there's at least a chance of playing week six. Not that I expect this defense, I'm sorry, this team to be much better. Uh, They're going to be really bad this year. They already are very bad, but... Tight end position is super weak. We talked about Evan Ingram earlier on in the show. He's going to be out. And Herndon played well last year. He caught 71.1% of passes thrown to him from Sam Darnold last year, compared to 59.9% by all other Jets when receiving targets from Sam Darnold. A talented guy. Tight ends are hard to find. Chris Herndon finally back. Right. I 100% agree with the call there. By the way, another tight end that normally for free agent finds, the cutoff is 50%. They have to be available in more than 50% of ESPN leagues. Right. And I think we were a little surprised this morning to discover someone who's available in 52% of ESPN leagues. This is one of those where it's not even on my radar to think if this, to look and see if he's available in more than 50% of leagues because he's so good. Hunter Henry, though, because he's been hurt, has been dropped to your point. He's now available in just about 52% of leagues. We don't know if he's going to play on Sunday. Um, maybe he doesn't. But Anthony Lynn opened the door that he could potentially, and right. so even and, if even if he doesn't play Sunday, it means he's close. Right, he is getting close. And wouldn't you rather have Hunter Henry than all but than about than probably a all but like I don't know eight or nine tight ends in the NFL yes. this year? Maybe even less than that. Like there's probably six tight ends that you definitely prefer over Hunter Henry. Otherwise, if he's healthy, you want him in your lineup. Just a little bit of a. We just talked about how it's hard to roster, you know, a handcuff running back. It's also hard to roster a backup tight end or a second tight end, but he would be your starter. So, like, it's one thing if you have Travis Kelsey, like, maybe not. But if you're sitting there with O.J. Howard, you're still trying to figure that one out. Even Greg Olson, who's been quiet of late. Like, there are a lot of tight ends that have not produced nearly consistently enough to be in your lineup every single week. Yeah, I would completely agree with that. So, he's probably not available in in most leagues, but it's worth you never know. You it's never worth know. Checking. So take a look. And uh, for those that are streaming defenses field, give me a couple for My this week. My favorite ads of the week are literally two defenses: the Ravens <laughs> who play the Bengals. The sure. Ravens, um, they've they yes, they're not your. This is not the same Ravens defense. Right. And they've had back to back weeks in weeks three and four of negative scoring, but they got back on track a little bit last week, and it was against Mason Rudolph and then Devlin Hodges. For the Steelers, but they still have some talent, right? I mean, they've got one good edge rusher, Matt Judon. They've got a talented secondary. They own the eighth best touchdown to interception ratio this season. And the Bengals, as you can tell, have done little to uh, inspire fear 
to opposing defenses. Yes. My favorite one, though, the Dallas Cowboys. Of Available course. in over 60% of leagues going up against the Jets. The Eagles last week, first team to ever have 10 or more sacks and two or more defensive touchdowns in a game in the history of the NFL. Now it's the Jets facing the Cowboys. The Cowboys who have an awesome pass rusher in Demarcus Lawrence. Right. Talent the secondary. Great linebacking play. Robert Quinn's actually been pretty good for them as well coming off the edge. You have to like what's going on right now with that matchup against the Jets. Yeah, I mean, you would expect the Jets to be better if Sam Darnold returns. And it's not Luke like, Falk on Marginally the better, right? Yeah, but I mean, 100%. The Cowboys uh, are should be a popular play this week as well. Field, why don't you tell me a little bit about SeatGeek. I would love to, I would love to do that, Matthew. You know why? Because do you ever feel like ticketing websites make getting to the event difficult on all purpose? The time. It happens all the time. All the time. It's as if they're so big they can get away with not caring about the customer experience. Yeah. With millions of live events and a price match guarantee, SeatGeek proves there's a better way. You know where there are a ton of uh, Redskins tickets available? SeatGeek? SeatGeek. Seriously. It's, like, pick a seat. Anyone you want. They're all anyone, yours. Anyone also, you want in the stadium available on SeatGeek, I'm also sure. also where I found tickets to the Lion King. Hey, you now. can search sports, live music, comedy, and more. SeatGeek has the tickets you're looking for all in one place. In an industry that tends to stagnate, SeatGeek has decided to stand out from the crowd. They built the fastest way to find tickets. So you can stop searching for the perfect seat and start enjoying it. SeatGeek pulls together millions of tickets from all over the web. Then it rates each deal on a scale of 1 to 10. Finally, SeatGeek displays them on an interactive seat map. SeatGeek breaks down the details. Green dots mean good deals. Red dots are overpriced. And every purchase is fully guaranteed so you can shop for tickets with confidence. That's why I went there. Lion King tickets. Less than two weeks away. I cannot wait for that one. My favorite show, SeatGeek, certainly helped make that one happen. SeatGeek will even give you $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase. All you need to do is use our promo code. Download the SeatGeek app today and use promo code FFF for $10 off on your first purchase. That's promo code FFF for $10 off on your first purchase. Time now for some social questions from Keith. What do you got for us, Keith? And by the way, before Keith launches off, I'm going to just, if I if I may. Yeah. If you're wondering, how do you get these social questions? Hey, I'd like to submit social questions to the 06010 to the Fantasy Focus. Well, here's what you do. First off, you got to follow us on the Twitter, right? Okay, At yep. Fantasy Focus. You can also submit them uh, on our YouTube channel. We broadcast this live on ESPN's YouTube channel, the ESPN Fantasy Facebook page, and, of course, in the ESPN app. So a lot of places where we broadcast this live every single day. And so we pull the questions from all those places. I, I can't imagine you can – you probably can't submit questions on the app, but I would assume you can – there's comments on YouTube, comments on the Facebook page, and obviously on Twitter. Is that correct? Not cool, Keith? That is correct. All right. Thank you, my friend. What do we got? Yeah, the first one comes from Smoo, and he wants to know, who are some guys rostered in more than 50% of leagues that you'd be comfortable dumping? Interesting Baker question. Baker Mayfield certainly would be one. We yeah. talked on the actually on uh, Fantasy Football Now on Sunday. We had this conversation a little bit. Guys like Tariq Cohen were discussed. Plenty of tight ends uh, like O.J. Howard. Interesting name, though, that was brought up, Matthew, before the show, yeah. with Doug Peterson saying that, like, it's just kind of the way it's been with Jordan Howard as our lead back and maybe suggesting it could stay that way. Is Miles Sanders shoppable for you, or is that a no-fly zone? Yeah, I mean, I think I think Miles Sanders potentially could be. I don't think he's a must-drop, mm, Yeah, but you don't feel great about what you've seen, by the way, in terms of Miles Sanders. Like, he, he you know, Jordan Howard has been has been the better running back yes, by man, a significant yeah. margin. And so Miles Sanders is a hope he does something flex. Like he's a cross your fingers flex. And so 
I don't know where you feel. And you hear this news from Peterson and Peterson's right. Peterson's just telling us what we've seen with our with our eyes, which is that Jordan Howard's been the better running back for that team. He definitely has been. I would not drop uh, Jordan. Howard. I'm sorry. I would not drop Miles Sanders. Um, I feel like the Eagles seasons often feel like a series of mini seasons. And it right. wouldn't surprise me if by week 13, we've already had an extended stretch of Jordan Howard as the go-to guy, plus an extended stretch of Miles Sanders as the go-to guy. It just seems to always go that way. So I would be holding on Miles Sanders. Keith, what else do you have? But one thing I will say is, is that um, Jordan Howard, I don't think Jordan Howard is 100% rostered. At the moment, I want to say he's at like eighty-seven percent. Is he finally? Something. It was he, it was pretty he, substantial when I last checked. I think it speaks to just how bad running back is. Like, I, I mean, know, a lot of those guys happen to be rostered in a lot more leagues than maybe they should. But yeah, but, yeah, um, probably. But anyway, I guess my point is, is I would agree with Fields' assessment in the sense that like I'm not actively dropping him. But if you did, like I wouldn't be like, whoa, that was a dumb mistake. Like I get in a ten-team league and a standard ten-team league. Yep. Like I don't know, like. You don't feel great about him against Minnesota this week. I agree. Right? I mean, like, you're not starting him this week, and so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. I get it. You know, so... Scott wants to know, is Mike Evans a buy low again? Yes. Yeah, I think so. Uh, Mike Evans, I believe, is third in the NFL in uh, red zone targets right now, end zone targets right now, with six of them. Mike Evans is way too talented. He's got at least 1,000 yards in every season of his career. Um, yeah, I would be trying to buy low on Mike Evans right now. I'm there. Yeah, I mean, like, yes, he's had he's had he had a bad game against the Saints and Marshawn Lattimore, and throughout his career, he, the they, the Saints have seemed to have the Saints as when they've had Marshawn Lattimore, the Mike Evans games against the Saints in which Marshawn Lattimore has played have not gone well. Have, yeah. For whatever reason, they just they seem to uh, they they seem to have his number, but this is still an offense that is going to be throwing. Um, this is still an offense that. Uh, you know, I think will be, you know, fairly fantasy friendly, and he's really talented. Right. He's really talented. So yes, I believe I, I, it was brutal. A zero. I get it. I, he put up a goose egg for me in a couple leagues, but no, I would be trying to acquire Mike Evans, not get rid of him. Casey wants you guys to play a name game with DJ Chark, rest of the season. Okay. Okay. Uh, do we have a name game drop? If not, Jackson, I get it. It's been a while since we've done one. If you don't have one available, I can just pretend like we're having a name game drop right now. Name game. Woohoo! Name game. Eee. Anyways. That's the lamest one let's I've play ever a name heard. Game. Well, I, we don't have one. I understand, but like you could have put a little effort into it. I'm well, just saying. Do like, it, like, it's just like, it's just right. Go ahead. You got something? What do you got, you Jackson? Know when, when you grow up and you have a name. Sure. Field is playing with his own spicy tomato. I mean, just. I just don't want to touch it. Why do you hate Devontae Freeman? Why do you hate Aaron Rodgers? I don't want to leave before we talk about Golden Tate. So many names to choose from. Field brought up boner. But when I squeeze it, nothing happens. And then Mike Clay brought up boner. Now a groin issue. We don't know where that is. You don't know where the groin is? What's with Ted Ginn? I'm just Why can't warning you. Just you. Tap it? Because Carson Palmer f***ing sucks. I'm an attractive human. Oh, you are. <laughs> you are. You're very attractive. This is getting right. creepy all of a sudden. Put your shirt on and tell me. Matthew Barry, you're son of a. It's a family (laughs) show. That is a very. That's a great one. That is a. That's a great one. We don't know who. I'm assuming Lee. She does all. Yes, she's really good. We need more Lee. We need more. All right. So Um, let's do a quick name game. We have a couple minutes left here on the air. What do you got? Uh, Name game for DJ Shark. You ready for this, Matthew? Yes, sir. I will start audacious. Odell Beckham Jr. or DJ Shark. Still Beckham. Shark. Sorry, animals. Odell Beckham Jr. Still Beckham for me. All right. Uh, Mike Evans or DJ Shark. Yes, I agree. Evans. Adam Thielen or DJ Chark? 
still Evans. I still feel in for me, but that's we're getting closer. We're getting close. Robert Woods or DJ Chark? Still banking on Woods. I think I still want Woods. Okay. Are you disagreeing with any of these yet? No, but I would think about I would think about yeah, Chark. We're, we're in the Woods. right range, and so we're Brandon in the tr- Cooks or DJ Chark. And Brandon Cooks, I think. Uh, did I see something that Brandon Cooks is in the concussion protocol? Is, by the yeah. way, yeah, or he was after the game. He was after the game. So Thursday, we, so we'll, we'll get that's more information. Something we'll uh, yeah. we'll track. Or tomorrow, you'll be in tomorrow. Still, still prefer Jared Goff in the Rams offense to Gardner Minshew and Chark. the Jags. Give me Chark, there. Chark over Brandon Cooks. Yeah, I like the call. I like the call. All right, DJ Chark or Julian Edelman. 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 I think Edelman as well. Last one here. How about this? DJ Chark or Juju Smith-Schuster? Chark. Yeah, me too. <laughs> we're going to be so wrong on one I or two know, of those. I know. 100%. It's going to be amazing. 100%. Yeah. Um, you think he's like a top 18 but player? But like he's a top 20 player. Like they're just the fact that we're thinking about him versus Edelman, him versus Cooks or Woods, him versus Thielen, it's sort amazing. of should tell you the range. Like I think he's a top 20 player going forward. Like... Yeah. Like, if you go down to the 20 through 30 range, right? I'm just trying to think of some other guys like, here you go. I'll play one with you. DJ Chark or Sammy Watkins? Yeah, DJ Chark. Yes, I yeah. agree. Yeah. DJ Chark or uh, Stefan Diggs? Chark. DJ Chark, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think we got the right range. Yeah. I think we're in the right range. Yeah. Top 20 DJ, or so Here play. you go. Here's one. DJ Chark or Tyler Boyd? Um, Chark, but I kind of like Boyd. Yeah, I do yeah. too. But I think that's like I think that's the I think that's like right, the right in range. the right range as well. What else we got? Yeah, who would have seen that coming, right? Right. Um, Ryan wants to know: Is now the time to trade for Le'Veon Bell, or is what he's done thus far roughly what we can expect? Yeah, roughly what we about- can expect as long as he stays healthy. I'm yeah. I'm still nervous, especially by the way his usage field is even bigger than it was in Pittsburgh. It's crazy. He actually leads his team in terms of the percentage of scrimmage yards accounted for. Now, they're a bad offense, so it's like Christian McCaffrey has a slightly lower percentage and way more scrimmage yards, but he is the only part of the Jets' offense that right now you trust. We'll yeah. see if Chris Herndon can get things going with Sam Darnold eventually returning. But but to answer this guy's question, I would not be trading for Le'Veon Bell. Again, like I've been anti-Bell well, this I mean, entire year because I just I think he's going to break down. I hate to predict an injury. I hate I'm certainly not rooting for it, but I don't think again, like if history is any indication, he has played all 16 games once in an NFL career and that wasn't that was in 2014. I think he gets hurt at some point. He's already had an MRI so far this year. The usage is off the charts. He's over 30. I it's I am possible. not I I I think you are playing with house the every game that he stays healthy is playing with house money. We don't expect this offense to get much better either. I just it'll get better with Darnold, but how much better who knows? I I'm I You're would nervous. Try, I would sell high on Le'Veon Bell is what I would do. I would not be trying to acquire him. CS May wants to know Kyler Murray or Carson Wentz for the rest of the season. I'm still going to go yeah, with Wentz. It's, but. A, it's pretty coin flippy to me. I think what we know with Kyler Murray, I, if I had to just do a blind guess on the schedule, it's better for Murray than it is for Wentz. Um, so, yes and no. So, I, I have I pulled up uh, the Eagles schedule while they was asking. So, it's not easy. The next stretch here is really tough for the okay. Eagles, okay? And this is one of the reasons why I think going back to our Miles Sanders conversation, where, I, where you wouldn't feel that bad about if you needed to drop him. At Minnesota this week. At Dallas. Yep. At Buffalo. Yeah, don't like that. Home to Chicago. So yeah. that next four, 
three road games in a row, Vikings, Cowboys, Bills, and then home to Chicago, and then a bye in Week 10, and then Week 11 is the Patriots in in Philadelphia. But then Week 12 on, it gets really easy. So uh, Seahawks, Dolphins, Giants, my Redskins, Dallas in Week 16, Giants in Week 17 for those that play in Week 17. So once they get past the Patriots in Week 12, it gets pretty easy there, but going to be a tough stretch upcoming here. Something to look for if you have Carson Wentz. I don't think I would want Carson Wentz to be my only quarterback. I think he's mostly matchup proof, but a little nervous. Okay. All right. Really quickly, last question, Keith. Yeah, last one from a user with the name XFL Redskins. Thought you might enjoy that. Um, if we could get relegated to the XFL. <laughs> you might have a chance. We got a shot. Now that's what Dan Snyder should work on. Get us to the XFL, baby. Let's go. His question is, drop Greg Olson. It could be like the Washington Deadskins with like, you know, like skull and crossbones. Like a hybrid of the Raiders and the Redskins logo. exactly. Yeah, we'll be the bad boys of the XFL. Come on, let's go. Let's go. The question is, Greg Olson, should you drop Greg Olson for Gerald Everett? But I thought we could obviously frame this discussion more about which players would you drop, which tight ends would you drop for, say, an Everett or a Chris Herndon? I would prefer Greg Olson still to Gerald Everett. I want, let's see, a little bit more. Yeah, um, I mean, for Gerald Everett, but um, so like but any tight end, tight end is not named like Travis Kelsey or Evan Ingram or Zach Ertz or George Kittle or um, I'm forgetting maybe Austin others. Hooper, maybe Hooper. You can't drop him. Like there's like six tight ends you can drop, and everybody else you can drop if you need to. And really, would, that's how it's how bad it is. Would you Would you drop? I mean, maybe we're gonna play like a little uh, little name game here. But would you drop Delaney Walker? No, for uh, for Greg Olson. I'm sorry, for Gerald Everett? No. For Gerald Everett? No. No, I wouldn't. I think people know, I think people have a pretty good sense of which tight end you can drop for Gerald Everett. I think it would be like if you're sputtering in the mud right now. Like you got to go lower than that. Uh, Hawkinson, yes. I would keep. Jimmy Graham? I would keep. You would keep Jimmy Graham? Yes. Over over Everett? Everett, yeah. I think I'd rather have Everett. Vance McDonald? You're keeping Vance McDonald over Everett? Come on, right? He's back? Yes? No? Maybe. He's been fine. I think well, I mean third he's been he's been hurt and they're on a third string quarterback. That one's close. I think I'd rather have uh Vance McDonald than Everett. Um Jason Witten. Jason Witten, who by the way is a I think a top ten fantasy tight end so far this year. It's close. I'd, I'd rather have Everett. Everett. Yeah. I'd rather have Everett. Um Will Disley, you're not dropping Will Disley, right? No, nope. no, no. We agree on we believe in Will Disley. Yeah, we're in. I know I do. You you yeah, do we're too, in. right? Yep. Um yeah, yeah, yeah. So TJ Hawkinson. I'd keep Hawkinson over Everett. See, I think I want Everett there. Okay. All right. There you go. Anyway, so so anyway, but so we we dis we differ on this, but neither of us are dropping anyone anyone with a reasonable pulse. I think you for kind Everett. of know. I think that's far more intuitive than we're. Ma- I don't think we're giving the the listeners enough credit. I'm like, be intuitive on your. Like, I get why you're asking about Greg Olson. He had zero points last week after I think like one. He's, had two, he's been he's been brutal for two weeks in a row. Right, but if your tight end has been more consistent than not, then obviously you're keeping him. Everett's over been amazing Jordan. for two straight weeks. Right. All right, so we got so Wednesday wet rankings, health updates, and so much more. Who knows? By then we may have all kinds of information on things we have not yet discussed. Looking forward to that. Yes, yeah, Stefania meantime, and Mike will be in uh, for me tomorrow. I am back on Friday. New episode of the Fantasy Show though on ESPN Plus, the waiver wire edition of that is up, uh, should be up now. If it's not, it will be very soon. So uh, check that out. Follow Field on Twitter, at Field Yates. Follow me and Instagram. You're on Instagram, too. You're on the gram, at Field Yates as well. I'm at Matthew Berry TMR on all forms of social media, except the Fantasy Life app, where I'm merely at Matthew Berry. 
You can follow me there. You can slide into my DMs on the Fantasy Life app. So uh, free agent finds, check that out on ESPN.com. That's right. Talk to you guys Wednesday. Peace out. Twitter says he loves college hoops and talking tribe. Like Shefty and Secret Squirrel, he's a two-phone guy. If you're looking to start a bowling league, he already has a team. The editor of all our fantasy, he's not cool Keith, not cool Keith. He rarely speaks on the pod, but not cool Keith, not cool Keith, not cool Keith. Let's rock. Today's horoscope brought to you by GEICO. Today begins a journey toward a new you, Aries, making smarter, healthier decisions for yourself. Starting with going to GEICO.com and discovering you could save hundreds of dollars a year on car insurance with GEICO. You will also attend your first fitness boot camp. Your journey toward a new you will stumble after your 11th burpee and ends with you hyperventilating in the parking lot. Tomorrow's a new day, Aries. GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.